0: Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of And Why. My name is Annie and I'm the host of this podcast. Today's episode is going to be with Carmel Catrell. She's amazing. We have such amazing conversations that I'm so glad this one was recorded because I can look back on it. That's how good, you know, she is and the conversations we have are. So, To give you some context as to why she's amazing, she is a financial strategist and planner and she, outside of that, she is a money coach for busy moms and the reason why she does this is because she wants to uplift women and to, you know, uh, change their perspective on money so that they are more financially independent and financially successful and she does this also in hopes that the moms can teach their kids financially successful mindsets that they can pass on to their kids and this is this is good because it really starts with uh, the moms the parents right and she also talks about how it also starts with before we become parents and how us as college students or millennials or 30 year olds who aren't parents yet to you know prep for that um, and to prep for financially independent you know lifestyles that is going to help us in the future so we're going to talk about that a lot Um, but we're also going to talk about the law of attraction and some fun stuff and things that we have learned in our lives that have helped us become who we are today Uh, we're going to have such a great conversations i do hope you guys listen to this one Uh, so let me know what you think of it um, on social media or maybe dm me Uh, but if you guys are interested in listening just keep on listening Hey Carmel, how are you doing?
1: Hey lady, how are ya?
0: I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: fabulous. I'm so excited to be here with you, talking the good stuff. It's been a minute since I've connected with you, Queen, and I'm excited.
0: (laughs) I love how you say Queen. Like, I'm like, I was like in the email when you said Queen, I was like, who is she? Like, but I love, I love you. I love the way you say that. Um, but I've been doing well. Um, the past week has been crazy. But for people who don't know you, thank you for joining um, on this podcast. For people who don't know you, what's the best way you would kind of describe yourself to them? Sure.
1: Hi. So my name is Carmel Cattrall. Um, I am a financial uh, strategist. I've been in the game for about fifteen years now. Um, and I work for major corporations that most of you frequent on a daily basis. And what I do is I help um, buyers create financial strategies so that way they can hit their their financial objectives. Uh, so I really like to call myself a money coach and my team, you mm-hmm. know, they, they know I'm about the money. So I really Love like to call myself a money coach and I'm here to coach people on the best ways to achieve their financial goals
0: love that love that um i i want to dive deeper into that because you know you're you're from um, you know a different background you came from FIT and it's like okay. um if for people who don't know FIT is a fashion institute of technology and it's like how do you go from fashion to finance you know like that's so interesting yes. so i want to i want to hear about that
1: sure i mean i um i'm a first generation american my parents my mother's in the medical field and my father is an entrepreneur Um, So, you know, growing up, I was always groomed that I would either go in the medical profession or law, Um, and Mm -hmm. most of my family's in medicine. Uh, So it was kind of just expected, um, you know, throughout, you know, as soon as I can remember hearing words, it was like, you're going to college, you're getting a scholarship, you're going to be a Mm -hmm. doctor, you're going to do all these things. And it was just kind of, it is, you know, I just grew up in that culture. So my senior year in high school... I had an art teacher, Mr. Zagami, and I'm so thankful for him because that's where I learned about FIT was in his classroom. And I was just like, "Oh my goodness. I I'm not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I don't want to do that. You know, I like cry when I get shots. There's no way that I can do that." <laughs> so, I, you know, secretly applied um, to FIT. And at the same time while I was applying, I actually got a full ride scholarship to any school in Florida. Um, So, of course, my family was super excited. You know, I had achieved the goal that they had set for me. And I was on my way to, you know, going to law school in medicine. And as soon as I got the acceptance letter back from FIT, I was like, I'm not going to any school in Florida. And I'm going (laughs) to be a fashion designer. I started off wanting to do fashion design. And I will never forget, like just the hordes of people that my mom and dad brought in to, you know, kind of interview me as a uh, intervention to kind of be like, oh, they went to fashion too, and now they're an insurance agent. They <laughs> wanted to, you know, they wanted to be a fashion designer, and now they're a banker. You know, they did everything they could um, to try to get me to stay, and uh, <laughs> I almost feel a little bad. Uh, they bought me a car. And
0: oh my were, gosh.
1: that would be the thing, you know, to like, oh, it's a brand new car, you know. And I was like, yeah, I think I could take it to New York, right? And they're like, <laughs> so I, you know, I didn't have the scholarship. And, you know, I was always prepped for that. And my parents were at the state to then turn over this huge chunk of money. So they're like, if you really want to do this, it's going to have to be on your own because we weren't prepared for this. This wasn't the plan. So I said, sure. You know, I went um, and boy, did I have a reckoning. Let me tell you, it was definitely different. <laughs> I'm originally from Florida too. So, you know, being in Miami all my life, 17 years. And then I was like, I'm I'm going to go chase my dreams. Uh, thank God for Mr. Zagami, uh, that art teacher, because he really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, so I, I moved to New York and, you know, I worked late. I worked at H&M as a sales associate uh, at night, and I went to school during the day, and it was tough. But uh, you know, I remember I told you I started off for fashion design; that was my dream. And I remember right. the first class that I took, I like cried when I came home because I couldn't get the hem right, like you know, in a straight line. And I've got OCD, so I was like, no, <laughs> I have to do it over again. They're like, no, it's okay, you can let this go. I was like, no, I can't. I have to keep going. And I realized, I was just like, okay, fashion design is not for me. So I decided to go into merchandising. And that's where, you know, the love of it all kind of came together, um, really understanding like the business aspect of it. And that really appealed to me. Um, you know, I really started to partner with other designers and really help them with their fashion show. So even though I, I wasn't this major fashion designer, right, when mm-hmm. I started off, um, I still was able to, you know, leverage the entrepreneurial spirit that I had from my father, um, and then just really being determined to achieve a goal that I got from my mom of like you must go to college. So, you know, just that spirit really helped fuel me when I was in New York. Um, it was tough. It was tough. I remember, you know, walking home at three in the morning um, and going into my apartment in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and taking the floor. Um, Because I hadn't saved up enough money to buy a mattress yet, you know, and then trying Mm -hmm. to do your schoolwork and then, you know, seeing your friends go clubbing. And I'm like, no, I got to pay rent. So, yeah, yeah, you know, so it was really it was a trying period for me. But when I got my degree, you couldn't stop me. So it really was one (laughs) of those like I did it. You know, when everybody told me, you know, I couldn't, I was able to say, yes, I can. You know, I had to really grow and. Uh, mature really quickly, you know, being on your own in the Big Apple, that's huge. You know what I mean? And it's expensive. It is. It's very expensive there. So, you know, having to really start from scratch in a brand new city, it, it was really difficult. And I, you know, I made a lot of poor financial decisions because one, I didn't know any better. And I was really living paycheck to paycheck off of minimum wage in the city. And you know, I did some things that in hindsight, like I just cringe and I'm like, I wish there was somebody, you know, who could have told (laughs) me things um, to help me along my journey to really set myself up for success. And I think that's really what fueled the money coach in me because Mm -hmm. we really don't need to struggle, right? It's just about sharing knowledge and really implementing that knowledge and really applying it. So I think, you know, my struggles in, you know, my my early adulthood really planted the seed to help someone else. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why I think it's so important that we have these conversations that, especially in my culture, and I'm sure yours as well, it's really taboo to talk about these things, right. uh, especially as women, you know, you're not supposed to talk about, you know financial insecurity and talking about that, you know, we're supposed to be gorgeous. And where did you go shopping? And I love your bag and not really talking <laughs> about those numbers. Right. right. So I really want to normalize that. So that way we can, you know, get ahead much sooner and really close the, uh, the wealth gap. Um, cause there is a, you know, we get paid less, um, mm-hmm. and that number really, you know, the, the wealth gap really widens when you start to talk about, uh, women of color on top of it. So between men and women, there's that gap. And then it furthers when we talk about minorities. So the more we can have these conversations, it's another way for us to close that gap.
0: Right, right. I I love that story. And I I love how there's like a little irony to it too, because they had that intervention for you. They're like, oh, they these are fashion majors, and they became finance, uh, finance people afterwards. And you kind of, instead of Exactly following it. You kind of just followed your own path, but somehow ended in the same place, which yeah. I love that. Yeah.
1: It's really exciting. And I feel I tell a lot of people of like just really focus and do what you love. And mm-hmm. then things will just, you know, work out in the proper timing. And right. then, even now when I talk to my mom, she was like, I had no idea that the fashion world was so big and that right. you do all these things, you know? Right, right. So a lot of times, you know, people they mean well but they don't realize that they don't know what they're talking about either. You know what I mean? So even (laughs) though my mom was so well-intentioned and, you know, she was really afraid for me and she wanted to make sure that I was setting myself up for success. But, you know, I was glad that, you know, I was rebellious in that way because now I'm truly happy in what I'm doing. And I know that had I gone down another path, like it, it, I wouldn't be where I am today.
0: Right, right, exactly, and that—that that, I would kind of touch upon that as well. Like as a FIT student, I went to get my business degree. Uh, but going to FIT, you think that you have to be in the fashion industry, but you really don't. A marketing degree can be applied in any industry in any field. Um, so, like you said, it, it's so big. We can do anything with our degree if we can really put our mind to it. So you know, I, I want to touch upon your job now. So you are a financial planner outside of um, being a money coach to, yeah. you know, individuals. So what is that like? Um, and, and how did that lead you to, you know, helping busy moms during um, yeah. quarantine?
1: Okay, so I am a divisional planning manager. Um, so I have six divisions under my responsibility right now. And essentially, i um, I kind of explain it to people that aren't really in the industry is that I am the boss of the financial planners that help the buyers. So I kind of control the purse strings while the buyers choose the assortments that goes into the store. And I let them know like, "Eh, eh, you can't overdraft this month, you know, so I really keep them really diligent to make sure that they're financially sound and that the assortments that they want to deliver are what the customers are expecting, and it, it you know drives sales and profit. Um, and you know when I first started FIT, when I went to FIT, I never thought I'd be in this realm um, mm-hmm. because you don't really think about numbers. Right when you think about fashion and retail, you see the models and you see the clothes, and there's this yes. whole other world behind it. And I never thought I'd be there, where I'd be talking about supply chain logistics and you know what's happening in the global economy right now with you know supply and demand and cotton prices and you know mm-hmm. so there's this whole other world that um, I didn't even realize that was there when I first went into the business. But it's so amazing um, because in just being a financial planner, right? You just think that you're behind um, a computer and Excel crunching numbers, and I'm not. You know, I'm I'm looking at new assortments. I'm challenging my buyers of like, what? But what does she really want? You know what I mean? So I'm really getting deep into the psychology of customers, and you know how does she shop and you know, what did the pandemic do to her shopping patterns? And, you know, the pandemic was something that really shifted all of us. Um, Luckily, I was able to work from home. Um, A lot of people lost their jobs. Um, So I'm so grateful that I was able to maintain my employment, but I had to work remotely from home. And what ended up happening I started to pick up a trend where, you know, I was getting a lot of requests for Zoom calls where people would be like, hey, Carmel, can I talk to you? I need some mommy money advice. You know, I haven't seen you in the <laughs> office. And I just want to run this by you. You know, And there was, I found, like, a lot of people were asking for, like, advice after hours. And I was like, huh, I think I'm onto something. And that's how I became uh, the money coach for Busy Moms, because it was, you find that, A lot of people just want to run, you know, a strategy or a money thought to someone that they trust. Um, And a lot of women don't have somebody that they can trust. And that was Mm -hmm. where I really saw a white space of how I can be a better service um, and really help women. Um, I'm really passionate about, you know, the money conversations, but it's more so uh, for children. And I thought, you know, what's the best way to get to the kids? Through Mm -hmm. mom, right? So when you give mom what she needs, she'll pass it down to the kids. And that's where I was really, you know, that's where my heart is. Um, I'm really centered with mom. And I've always been, and that was part of the reason why I went into the retail industry, because I wanted to understand how she shopped, why she shopped, why did she do these things? And as I, you know, grew in the ranks, I became in love with my customer and the pandemic just allowed another avenue for me to get closer to her and Mm -hmm. really help her in a more intimate way versus, you know, right now where I'm working, uh, it's 8,000 stores in uh, in America. So it's a big chain, but Mm -hmm. I really felt like I needed a way to create that one-on-one conversation. Um, and that that's how it happened. So in the pandemic, uh, it was a blessing that, you know, came out of a tribulation. And that's how I became the money coach.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's amazing, because I, I love that you kind of bridge that you were kind of like that bridge for. Uh, those moms, because there is, you know, there is that taboo-ness because there is this depersonalization with the financial people. You know, the financial world is like this closed off Wall Street suit and tie. Um, so it does feel a little kind of uh, out of touch um, with what, what what we are in feminine and um, what we like to do, what we talk about. And we're also a lot more communicative and personable. So it's, I think it's nice that you're kind of like that bridge uh, for, you know, those moms but you know you talk about moms you talk about children Uh, a lot of my audience is neither of those things Uh, so they are you know college students and they want to be financially successful in the future but they lack the financial direction to succeed Uh, so what would you recommend to them now to possibly avoid those financial mistakes that will lead to unhappiness in the future
1: Yes. No, I think it's so important that we have these conversations early, especially as women, um, especially before we start really having conversations about relationships with others, um, because it's so important that you really hone in on what your values and your money beliefs are before you have kids, before you have relationships. And I find too often, and I am myself included, You don't have the conversations until you already have the kids. And that's a little too late. You're playing (laughs) from behind. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, because once they tell you you're pregnant, you're like, okay, I've got you know college, I have to think <laughs> about you know, setting up the house. Like it just all comes out of nowhere. So I think it's so important that we have these conversations now before we have those major life milestones and we have different responsibilities and people's you know that we are really obligated to you know provide for. Um, so one of the things that I would definitely recommend is creating a list of like, what do you want to accomplish, right? What are the things that are important to you? And really just put that out there. And I'm a big, like, put it pen to paper, vision boards, collages, whatever it whatever it is for you, really get that out. What do you want for your life? What are the things that light you up that you want to say, you know what? I lived a good life, right? These are the things that are important to me. I say, get that out and then really start to create that uh, action plan to make sure you hold those things as top priority and you create a plan to make that happen. Um, so one, just getting really clear about what lights you up, what are you passionate about? And then like, how can you create um, monetization from that? I think so often we're on this, like you have to go to college, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then once you check all these things off the list, then you can start making money.
0: Um, Right. uh, No,
1: that is not true. Um, If you look in the news today, you see these like seven-year-olds with like lemonade stands and they're making millions of dollars. So like when we could see the kids doing that, that should be validation of like, no, I don't have to go down this, you know, this certain path that somebody said I had to go down. Um, So I really, you know, really have people get clear about like, what do you want to do? Right. How can we monetize the skills, the strengths, your passions versus going down this cookie cutter path? And thinking you're going to find happiness because somebody told you that's the path you have to go down. So really getting clear about your individual needs and what are those passions. So really, you know, I think the first couple of steps is just really getting clear about who you are. Um, because once you're clear on that, then it's a lot easier to navigate because you can be rooted in that. No, this is who I am. This is what makes me happy. So I'm not going to take on all those other things that people say you should do because I know that's not me. So that helps put the blinders on of like, okay, here's where I really need to focus and not all these shiny things that come, you know, with each trend. Um, the next thing that I would say is, um, start saving, Um, Because what you do with little is what you'll do with much. And it's so important that we get into the habit of saving. And I always tell uh, my queens, I tell them, like, (laughs) you have to pay yourself twice, right? You have to pay yourself now and in the future. Because I tell them, I was just like, you want a nice kingdom, right? So you have to make sure that you're leveraging the asset of time. Time is such a beautiful thing, right? Mm. Um time determines losses and wins. And when you're able to leverage more time, you're able to leverage it more as a win than a loss. Um so I always tell people start saving and it doesn't have to be big, but you want to kind of create that habit where it's just something that is natural to you. And I think a lot of times I know it we don't talk about savings, right? right? We hear debt, right? We hear about credit cards. We hear our 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 families talking about debt. Like there's there's no talk about savings. When you hear about like mom and dad are fighting, it's it's because of bills. It's because of debt. So, just the language of savings is not really common. So, making it something that's just common practice and You know, normalizing that and like, hey, hey, girl, how much money did you put aside? Right. What are you saving? Right. And Mm -hmm. really changing the conversations that we have with each other, I think will allow us that. But I think it's so important to just understand savings. Um, And that's something that we can do today. Um, You don't have to be any certain age, any amount of money you can save. Everybody can save. So I would challenge everyone to choose a number and start saving. And then um, up it as you are getting better, say, okay, uh, this month I'm gonna put down $20, right? I'm just gonna put 20 aside. Mm-hmm. Next month I'm gonna double it. So then you're always you know pushing yourself. And I think that's something that we need to you know get into the habit of of like constantly pushing right? We never want to feel comfortable in a way, because if you're always comfortable, you're not really growing. And that's Mm -hmm. the same way with your money. So I would encourage just creating a savings rate and then increasing it. Um, So we talked about savings. Let's see, um, really understanding the rules of credit. I think that is something um, we don't understand at all. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot of laws that are starting to pop out pop up state by state where they're starting to make it mandatory, where financial literacy is taught in high school. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I think it should start way earlier, but definitely in high school before you start to take that leap and leave home. I think it's so important because the first thing that happens when you get into college, everybody's giving you a credit card. <laughs> and nobody explains the rules of like, how should this work? What does payment history mean? An on-time payment. And, you know, there's so many things. We just talk about just swiping and charging and getting a higher credit limit, but not really understanding the nuances and why it's important to have a credit card and why it's important not to close your credit card. You know, I hear so many people I'm like, oh, I want to pay off my debt. I'm closing my credit cards. I'm like, no, 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 don't close it. Don't close (laughs) it. Don't use it, but don't close it. Um, Because there's so many things that we just don't realize. And it's such common practice, right? Everybody knows about credit cards. Everybody knows how to use one, but we don't know how to manage or leverage it, right? So then it ends up becoming a a deficit to us. And then when we don't know how to use something, we just don't use it. And then it ends Mm -hmm. up hurting us in the long run. So I would definitely say um, understanding how to use a credit card is huge. Um, There's a lot of tools right now where you can get your kid a a credit card and kind of start to train them how to use a credit card, um, what's good money habits. So I would definitely say uh, creating uh, financial literacy on how to use credit, understanding the rules to credit. I think those would be the biggest ones savings and how to use your credit, because those are the biggest things that we use today. And Mm -hmm. those are the things that a lot of people struggle with. And they're not able to get ahead because they haven't mastered those concepts.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think those are the two traps that I feel like in the American loophole, like they definitely created those to trap you into this cycle of uh, negative and unhappiness. Um, But it is it does come from Financial literacy. So, I agree that people need to learn that at a really young age. Um, but I feel like a third one would be, you know, if they do master those two, would be investing that money and compounding. So, uh, do you want to touch upon that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, time is your biggest asset, right? And when you're able, and that's where I say it's important to pay yourself twice because um, when you can start to, so one of the best things I like is the 401k. 401k is something that we all need to get good about um, and really, you know, investing our money. For the long term, because at the end of the day, and you know, for us, I feel like as millennials, we're like, we're not retiring at 65. We're not waiting that long to live (laughs) our lives, right? But you can really, you know, I call it jumping timelines of really making your money work for you when you start early. So when you start early, you're able to allow the interest to grow on your money. And that really happens when you leverage time. So when you use time as an asset, especially um, before you have all the responsibilities of a family, right? Because you don't have to pay for diapers or pay for milk. You could take that money and put it away into your 401k and let it sit and grow. Um, I, I really, really like to call it as set it and forget it. You just start. And that's the best thing with this technology. I feel like 20 years ago, a lot of the tools that we have, our parents have no aspect of like how easy it is for us now right is with a couple of apps on your phone when you charge something you can round up and take a little bit of money the couple of extra changes that rounds up to the dollar can go into savings you put that into savings and start to invest and you have that time and you're really able to take cents on the dollars and grow it into huge chunks of change you know to really you know allow for freedom for later And I think that's the most important thing that I really want to encourage everyone is that the decisions you make today of like putting $20 away and investing it for tomorrow, they can pay huge dividends and allow you um, the ability to pivot. I find so often that women, we find ourselves in uh, really compromising positions because we don't have a strong command of our money to as a security blanket and we find that we might have to stay in a relationship because mm-hmm. we don't have the financial independence. Right. And that's so hard. And I've been there. Um, I've been with a guy cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else I can do. He's helping me pay my rent. And you know, this is awkward and what, you know, so it's, it's such a horrible place to be in where you feel like because you don't have money, right. Because you don't have a, a chunk sitting, growing, right. Mm-hmm. Compounding, that you have to stay in places that you really don't want to be. And I think that's the most empowering thing that I want women to understand is that by making a decision to save instead of going to Victoria's Secret or buying a Starbucks (laughs) coffee, like those small purchases can be financial freedom for you in a couple of years, right? With just letting time sit on it and the 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 power of compound interest like it could really set you free um and i think a lot of people don't understand that you know one dollar today can be huge in really changing your life and allowing you to make the decisions you really want to make
0: yeah yeah and that's that's so good you know that's so true um and i think you touched upon something a, a little earlier you were saying how um Uh, if you, you know, if you save a little now, it would be better for the future. I think people can't, you know, they're like, they can't delay gratification. Like they, they want something now and they, they want it now. (laughs) It's like that Amazon, like one day delivery type stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, this getting everything so quick with technology, with social media, everything is kind of like instant people want that instant overnight $1 million, you know? And they're like, well, if I have the money, I might as well spend it because what if I die tomorrow? Like, and I get that mentality, but what if you don't die tomorrow? You, know, you don't want to struggle in the 40 years that you're going to live. So that's really interesting. And, and I want to ask you, if they are aware of all this stuff, like I am, mm-hmm. they, and they're scared to take, but they're scared to say, take like the first step, to kind of go towards that direction of financial success because they don't have like the, the right job yet or they're not very uh, self-aware or they're kind of insecure? Um, what would you say to that particular individual?
1: Sure. So uh, I would say, what is your money story? Um, and what do I mean by that? The stories we tell ourselves are so important. And oftentimes the stories we tell ourselves, we never open our mouth. It's all mental. So we have a lot of thoughts in our heads that, you know, that are lies, quite frankly, they're just lies and we kind of believe them. So what I tell people to do is what is your money story? Create that story. What do you see yourself with money? And I'll give you an example. So I see myself five years from now living in a beautiful home with a pool in the back. I see the kids running and having tons of fun. And you know what? I just called out and I'm not concerned because my savings account is full. So if my boss gets mad and for some reason he wants to fire me, that's okay because I'm financially secure. You know, you start to just make things up. You know, I know you guys can't see me, but I just closed my eyes and I started visualizing. I was painting the picture. And I think it's about like being okay to create a story. And I think it's so important that we say it out loud and we normalize it. And then we dream and say, you know what? That's my money story. That's the mm-hmm. story I want to attach myself to versus the one that, oh my gosh, I have to get this job and it's so competitive. I don't know if I'm going to make it. They said I had to have this internship, but if I don't get this job at this salary, then I won't be able to succeed. And then I won't be able to get here. And I think it's so easy, especially for us women. We go through that what if and the loops and i mean take ourselves all over the place. So I say, take that creative imaginative energy and then create a story that we really want for our money and mm-hmm. based on that then we can start to create the the momentum to say you know what this is possible why can't it be true if the 6 year old can create a lemonade stand and make a million dollars why can't i right mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where you start to, you have to really allow yourself to dream and be creative because I I say, whatever you believe, it's true. So if you believe you can't do it, it's true. If you believe you can do it, it's true. So we have to just get comfortable with kind of creating a story that puts us as the hero, that puts us as the conqueror, that mm-hmm. puts us as the millionaire. And I tell people all the time, I was like, you have an empire A million dollar ideas just sitting within you, waiting to come out. So we just have to give the permission for it to come out. So I really tell people, what's the money story you want versus the one that you know is in negativity and dread and fear. Um, And a lot of times, it's not even really from us; it's from like all this social programming that people put on us. So yes, own the stories that we tell about ourselves. So I would say what money story do you want and then focus on that instead
0: wow so good uh, yeah that's so true like it is a social programming right we watch movies where we have these rich men who like save us and like sweep, sweep us off our feet but that shouldn't be the story um, and we we should really change that narrative for ourselves and tell us tell ourselves that we actually deserve that money story so Cause yeah cuz it's
1: things that i want to see is more women retiring their husbands, right? Um, Right. We just normalize (laughs) that because I would love to see the movie because I'm like, yeah, it's great. He was handsome, whatever. He saved the day. But like, it's 2021, right? Like, we- owning some things. And there's so many women that are just bossing it and they're retiring their husbands. They're like, no, 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 I wasn't meant to stay home. No, you could watch the kids. I, I'm going to go make the money and I'm going to own it. And I think we need to like start lifting those stories up. And I know why they don't want us to lift those stories up. Because once we all start to realize that we are hundred percent worthy to be making big time bucks and to be calling the shots and to say, no, I'm not staying home. I'm not going to stay home with the kids because you think I'm not worthy because you think I'm not capable. So mm-hmm. it's so important that we just flip the narrative and be like, nope, this money story today says the queens are reigning. <laughs>
0: ah, this is where the queens come in, and yeah, that, that's that's amazing. And I, I wish you know, I wish people can you know get on this because this is going to be the future. We're the future. Um, and you, you know, you did talk about you know visualizing and closing your eyes and kind of attracting that kind of story to yourselves. So I do want to talk about, you know, law of attraction. Um, and, you know, I discussed this with a friend recently, and we did talk about how that relates to living a good life full of happiness and wealth. So what do you think about that? And I, I know we talked about that a little bit too.
1: Now, I think it's so true. And I love now that we actually have the language to articulate it. Um mm-hmm. Because for so long, I personally didn't know what that was. Um, so I feel like within the last four to five years, I began to really understand, and that it's not that big, like, thing, too. Because when you hear law of attraction, it sounds so like technical. What does that mean? But it's exactly that. You're calling forth what is yours. You're saying that, you know, because I dream it, I believe it, I can have it. And Mm -hmm. because you believe it, it's coming. And Mm -hmm. so often, you know, I think all the time when you look at little kids, they attract a lot of stuff. Just kids are the best at law of attraction. Okay, I I mean, and a lot of times I tell people just look at the kids. If you want to figure out how to do something, look at kids because it's just so natural There's no programming on them. Um, There's no like insecurity about like, I wonder what people will think. And, you know, they don't have that negative thought loop of the what ifs in them yet. But I remember taking my girls to like the supermarket and the grocers were like, here's a lollipop. Here's a donut. Here's a balloon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish these people would stop. Like, I don't even want to take them out of the car because they would just be getting all these things. And then I was just like, wait a minute, you know, once the vocabulary of law of attraction really stuck, I was just like, oh no, this is real. This is Mm -hmm. real. This is how my kids are able to just have like these random people just come and just give them stuff like out of nowhere. And it's just really what I realized is that when you're in a place of non-resistance, you're just letting things flow. You're in a happy place, right? um you're in a space where you create a frequency where your vibe is just attracting attracting like energy so i think it is so important um one to have the right story because the stories that you tell yourself is what calls forth what you really want so when you stay so focused on fear and negativity and you know what 10 times out of 10, I'm I'm not a betting (laughs) woman, but I'll do it. 10 times out of 10, I will guarantee you, if your mindset, your thoughts are only focused on fear, anxiety, what if negativity? That's exactly what you're going to have. That is the result. That's what you're going to see in your external world because you're really attracting that. You're pulling that towards you. And I really, you know, work with my clients, um, my team members to really help change their mindset. And I will correct them, like, no, no, say it another way because there's power in the tongue. And, you know, our voice it has vocal, it's from the vocal cords and there's a vibration. Everything vibrates, everything is moving, everything is energy. So your voice, when you speak something out, you're sending vibrations into the universe and you get to control what you put out there. So I'm very big on speaking in a language that allows your vibrations to go out and bring what you really need. So it's Mm -hmm. so important that we watch how we speak Um, because you know what? The universe doesn't know jokes. The universe doesn't understand. (laughs) Right. So it's so important that we are so particular about that because we are attracting everything to us and you want to make sure you're attracting the right things to you. Um, But I I definitely a hundred percent agree on law of attraction. Um, I think it's important to be around people that are like-minded because uh, when two gather and agree, it will come to fruition. So it's also important who you surround yourself with um, because you need somebody to say, no, I believe you can do this. I see that with you. I visualize that with you. And I do that a lot. I have a Facebook group and I tell them, what do you need me to stand in agreement with? And mm-hmm. I will sit there and like, oh, you want to have a baby? I had someone to say, I want to have a baby. I was just like, okay, but I need you to be super clear. Do you want one? Do you want two? Like, what, what do you really <laughs> because I want to agree with you, but I don't want to give you too much. You know what I mean? She was like, I want one baby. I want her to be healthy. And I was just like, oh, you want her to be healthy. I'm picking it up. And I just, you know, agreed with her. I was just like, I see you having a big old happy belly. Uh, You're excited, you know, and you really start to paint the picture. And you need somebody to agree with you. You know what I mean? When you're having big dreams, you want somebody in your corner that says, you know what? You can do that. I'm not going to tear you down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's too often, especially as women, we'll be the first one and be like, oh, no, that's my man. I'm going to get hit. You know what I mean? There's that spirit of competition um, and not really lifting each other up. And that's why it's so important who you keep yourself in your inner circle with. Because your dreams, you know what I mean? They help you achieve them as well because their energy helps call forward your, you know, what you desire. So I'm a big proponent of law of attraction, watching what you say, because the universe, you know, doesn't take things lightly. If you ask for something, you're going to get it. So be Mm -hmm. really mindful of that. But then too, I think it's important to understand because some people- they really actively try to use the law of attraction and they're like, Oh, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? But there's a (laughs) mindset that has to occur where you have to really believe it, you know? And that's why I say like those money stories, what are the thoughts that you're telling yourself? Because you, you can actually block your own blessing because you don't believe it's going to occur. So a lot of times we are the ones that create our own uh, demise because we don't really believe that we can't have the things that we want. So at the same time that we're trying to attract, we're also pushing. So then we're sending the universe like mixed messages. So it's mm-hmm. like, do you want it or do you not? So it's like, believe it, think it, and like really see it and just accept it It's like, this is mine. And what I tell people that the universe loves thankfulness, right? So if you work from a place of thankfulness and say like, you know, this thing that I want, it's good for me and it's good for others. And this is how it's going to help the collective. And that stuff just starts to fly towards you. So I'm a huge proponent of it. I think that we need to be leveraging it more.
0: I, I I agree with you so much. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously, you know, we can envision and we can attract. And it comes back to like instant gratification, right? You, you can't, when you're attracting, it takes time. It can't just like appear the next day. Uh, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes mental you know, I intention. Say,
1: I would say it depends. I, I, and this is where I start to look at the kids. And I think that the less resistance and negativity, if you wanna call it that, allows it to come closer to you. It allows it to come quicker. So when we tear down the walls of resistance, we allow things to speed to us quicker. Now, when we say like, I want a million dollars, right? That's a big ask, right? That's a big vibrational ask. And the thing is, are you a match for that vibrationally? A lot of times we are not a match for the things that we are asking for. We are not ready for it, right? And that's why I say what you do with little is what you do with much. So a lot of times we're not a vibrational match for the things that we are asking for. So that is why it hasn't come to us. And we need to understand what are the things that I want? And that's what you're saying. It takes time. And I think that's the part where we need to invest the time is to clear up the gunk that's within us that's repelling the things that we want.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: once you clear those blockages up, then things start to really flow. But I think one of the things that we have to be careful of is that we don't dictate, like it has to be this. It has to come that way. I'll, I'll kiss him quite. I'll do it. My husband, I totally manifested my husband, but at first, <laughs> At first, I had this huge list of like, he has to be this, he has to be this tall, he has to be this skin tone, he has to have this accent, like I gave the universe a whole list and the universe laughed at me and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But then when I got really clear about like what made me happy, what was important, like and I let go of like really trying to build my own husband from scratch type of thing. When I tell you, you won't believe me. I don't think we have this conversation. I met my husband, and then three weeks later, he proposed. And I said
0: yes. What? Yes. What? Three weeks later three weeks
1: later, okay? And we're now- Were you not
0: like scary? Like Throw you're... that out
1: there because they're like, oh, divorce. No, I promise, 12 years later. <laughs> but I think it's really that you know I had to let go of all the resistance that I really had to say it has to be this way. If it's not this way, I don't want it. You know what I mean? And that's what I was doing. I was literally blocking off my blessings. And because I was being so specific that it has to be this way, and that's where we have to realize- We need to let go, right? Because we're, you know, we're women. We like to control things. We want it this way. (laughs) But we have to have faith, right? Like things are going to work out for our best. And that's why I said it's so important that you really get clear about what lights you up. What are those passions? What are those things? Because that's all you really need to know. Everything else will just flow and it'll be a surprise because you're not supposed to control it all. But if you're clear about the things that are important, If you're clear about like what you truly desire, and then you put the energy around that, then everything just happens really quickly. And that's where we have to get into that mindset of like, okay, am I trying to control it too much? And that's how come it's taking too long. Um, And once we start to let go of like, oh, it has to happen at this time. And when we start to release a little bit, that's when things just start to happen out of nowhere. And it's like, whoa, what? what okay yes I do I love you too
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's so good because I am a little like control freak it's definitely I I completely agree with you on that one Um, but you know I really want to talk about this because I watched this video recently about how uh, it's okay to be negative too Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like that was interesting because you know we are in this world where you're like they're shoving happiness down your throat you know they're like oh you got to be positive happiness optimism like everything all good things but it's okay to be negative you know if you're sad you could be sad you could if you're grieving you you got to grieve um and and i think that's also a conversation that has to be had um about law of attraction yes you can manifest you can have you can put good energy out you'll get it back but if you're in a tough pay- tough place it's also good to kind of let yourself be in that place um and then there was this conversation about toxic positive positivity and i want to know your opinion on that
1: sure yeah i definitely think it's so important um so we live in a dual- dualistic world we have good and we have bad right uh, we need one to have the other to appreciate Mm -hmm. it. So there's no such thing as positivity only because if it was just positivity, it would no longer be positive. You need that other side to create the balance. So in order for you to appreciate happiness, you gotta be sad. You gotta know what that feels like. So that way, when you do encounter happiness, you can say, oh, that is what happiness is, right? So you have to be able to respects both ends, right? It's necessary. Um, it's, it's necessary to have good and it's necessary to have bad, right? It, we are a world of poles, and I think we need to not get into this mindset that like bad is bad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like you need it. It serves a purpose and it has a place. Um, and for me, like, I wouldn't know the true, uh, Peaks of my happiness if I wasn't able to understand the depths of my sadness, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had to be low to understand what that meant in order to feel the highs of my high, you know, Mm -hmm. so I am totally like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to feel those feelings. I think it's important to acknowledge it, um, and give yourself space. Um, but the thing is that we have to, uh, you know, it's always forward momentum. I tell people that, um, every obstacle is a springboard for my success. So hmm. obstacles shouldn't be seen as bad things. Like they, that's what, they creates the salts of life. You know what I mean? Right. It's important to have those things because it gives you a different perspective Um, it allows you to have a testimony to tell someone, right? So that way, right, when you're all famous and you're making the big butts and someone's going to look at you, I'm like, wow, look at her story. Look at the things that she went through and she was able to exceed despite it all. So if Mm -hmm. your life was perfect all the way through, you wouldn't be able to inspire anybody. So it's important to have that negative stuff because it helps create the story of our lives and it allows us to really experience life and to really feel it in its depths. And I hmm. think that it's important to understand that life is dualistic and you have to have both ends in order to truly enjoy it and life is short. So, I mean, you know, this stuff goes quickly. So it's important <laughs> that we, one understand where we are, give yourself grace to be in that space. But then you also have to say, okay, it's time to move on, right? Because right. there's a springboard that has to happen, right? So we have to um, understand that space and then use that to jump into the next season of our life. So uh, totally aligned with you.
0: Yes. And I kind of want to end it on that note, actually. Um, and, you know, I agree with you. It's like you need, um, you need to experience the bad. You need to struggle. And to avoid struggle is a form of struggle. Uh, to avoid pain is a form of pain, uh, to avoid uh, risk uh, is, is a form of failure. And it, it's it's like, you can't avoid those negative things, because the more you avoid it, the more negative things come in your life. Correct. So any, any last advice you have for the audience?
1: Um, I would just encourage all of you to understand that you are a divine force, and you're having mm-hmm. a physical experience. Okay? Know that you are divinity, that the dreams and desires that have been placed in your heart, the things that you've never told anybody, the reason they're in your heart is for you to achieve them because there's someone else that needs for you to live your dreams in happiness and success. So always be encouraged by what's within you and know that you can see it externally.
0: Mm, so good, so good. Thank you so much, Carmel, for joining us on you know on this podcast episode. Um, I will link below you know everywhere they can find you. But is there a specific you know place you want them to like uh, reach you at? Like let them know.
1: Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is c the letter c Bell Jules B E L L E J U L Z. Drop me a DM and say hey. <laughs>
0: Okay, perfect. I'll even tag you in the Instagram post as well. So, But thank you so much for this. I loved it. Um, And I hope other people enjoy this as well. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend.
1: You too. All right, queens.
0: (laughs) Hey, lovely people. If you guys are interested in listening to more episodes from us, since you made it all the way to the end, might as well subscribe to our podcast. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, if you want to, give us a rate and review so that we can reach more people with our stories if you guys don't want to do any of those things uh, if you want to share us on social media and we'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode and to look i look forward to seeing you in other episodes as well but yeah bye